time being 7 o'clock, I call to order the rescheduled March 21st Franklin School Committee meeting. Meetings are recorded by Franklin TV and shown on Comcast Channel 11 and Verizon Channel 29, as well as recorded by Franklin Matters. Any individual who also wishes to record this meeting must notify the chair in accordance with Massachusetts General Law, Chapter 38, Section 20F. At the conclusion of our meeting, we will be adjourning to executive session and will be returning to open meeting. All right, moving along to our pledge students of the evening. If I could have Preston and Amanda come up to the microphone. So both of our pledge students are here from Parmenter this evening. So first we have Preston. Preston is a friendly, caring fifth grader at Parmenter School. He is totally invested in his learning and he is consistently and he consistently demonstrates terrific effort in everything he does. Preston is a great partner who gets along well with all of his peers and is a great model in the areas of kindness and respect. Preston is always ready to take on a challenge and perseveres through until he is successful. His respectful manner is appreciated by all. Preston takes his role as a leader of the school seriously and excels at helping others. Next we have Amanda. Amanda is a role model fifth grader. She consistently sets high expectations for herself and works hard to meet these challenging goals. Amanda also works hard to make the school a better place, having been selected to be part of the Character Education Committee. Parmenter core values are evident in everything Amanda does, from including everyone to respecting all members of the Parmenter community. She is a genuinely kind person and spreads this kindness with everyone she interacts with. It is truly a pleasure to have Amanda in class and to see her blossom in fifth grade. Preston and Amanda, if you two could lead us in the Pledge of Allegiance. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for proud of you and you guys can take off that here. Enjoy the rest of your night. started for the spring, they all started yesterday, and games will be starting the next week or two. Almost all of the winter sports were unfortunately eliminated in the state tournament, but congratulations to all of them on a great season, and congratulations to our teams that won that Hawk Tech League. However, huge congratulations to the cheer team. They were undefeated their whole season, D1 Hawk champs, South Regional champs, state champs, and New England champs. 
And for the class of 2023, caps and gowns can now be ordered. The link is on Google Classroom. Seniors must register for banquet by tomorrow in order to attend. Ticket sales have also opened for banquet. And there is a form for seniors on Google Classroom that can be filled out if you'd like to join us on our senior week trip to the Red Sox game. More information can be found on Google Classroom and on all of our social media pages. Hi, I am Robin Chaudhary, a senior class president. In just some whole school news, uh, FHS Theatre Company held their performances of Lord of the Flies these past few Fridays, and they were extremely successful in their shows, so, so congratulations to them. Sophomore Banquet is on March 31st at 7 o'clock at the high school. Family Science Night, I know someone asked about that, that's going to be on April 27th. And yearbooks are also available for purchase through the Jostens website. And lastly, seniors can buy tickets to the all-night party, which will be on June 2nd, immediately following the graduation. Um, you can buy the tickets through PayPal, where the money can be dropped off at the main office. And for any parents or community members that are interested in volunteering at the all-night party, there is um, meetings that will be posted uh, over the next few months. But that's all we have for tonight. Thank you. Just a comment, thank you for the update about the science night. Um, put that on my calendar right now. Uh, if you guys have not gone, please go. Great night. Um, kids love it, adults love it. Um, I can't vouch any further, so uh, yeah, be there. <laughs> I appreciate that. Thank Um, and those of you who were at our last meeting or tuned in, um, we had, when we had voted about our rules, talked about the student reps staying for our meetings to include their voice in our meetings. And I am so glad that they're here and willing to stay. So thank you for that. Thank you. Mr. Chia, Superintendent's report. Thank you. Good evening, everyone. Thank you for everyone who's here in person as well. Um, first up for our updates, I have an update on the Massachusetts Legislative Breakfast that occurred. Uh, last meeting I talked about that we would be attending, so I was joined by my fellow uh, superintendents and school committee chair. Uh, Ms. Spencer joined me to represent Franklin, and we were joined by many of the superintendents in the Tri-County area. Um, the focus was really to talk about the successes and challenges facing schools today, and specifically we're asking for their continued support, um, particularly when it uh, comes to the the 14% special education uh, private tuition hike that we saw. Um, and so we were able to kind of explain the impact across uh, each town and each municipality and district around that. So um, you'll hear more about that when we hit the budget presentation, but wanted you to know that we did attend and um, I felt like we were heard and I hope that we can see some change. We did talk about lobbying them to support an idea to decrease that 14% um, to, to come up with some solutions for either some pothole money to try to help us and also look at the thresholds um, across the board to see if they could be adjusted in favor of school districts. So more to come on that. Um, the redistricting update, we continue to update the community regarding our redistricting analysis to help us identify our short-term and long-term needs. Um, we conducted our forums, as you may have seen through email or some of the social media posts. We conducted an in-person forum for the community on March 7th. On March 13th, we held a virtual option of the same forum to allow um, folks who couldn't maybe get to the high school for an in-person session. And then we met with elementary and secondary staff, respectively, on the 15th and offered virtual options as well. Just to revisit, uh, we began uh, this process in the fall. We assembled a team of, of members from our community, representative of all of our schools in the district, 
and it's called the Redistricting Analysis Advisory Committee. It's a long title, um, but it was representative of all 10 schools, community staff, um, school committee members, and district representation. We worked with our um, redistricting consultant, which was Applied Geographics, and they worked with us to get us to a point where we had recommendations to process. So the community forums were an opportunity for folks to weigh in on that process, and we also included a form where folks could submit and share their feedback and input on those that was specifically tailored to the um, analysis and the proposals that were there. Our Space Needs and Facilities Subcommittee, another long name for a team, uh, met last night to begin to review uh, processing the information and uh, with the goal of meeting again to continue to process that information and arrive at um, recommendations to the school committee and will ultimately have um, the final vote on any decisions that's made, that are made in that regard. Um, we anticipate sticking to our timeline despite having a delay from this meeting um, to have tonight. We expect to continue to move that work forward through April um, and arrive at an opportunity for the school committee to, to make an informed decision one way or the other, okay? Lifelong learning, this is just a plug uh, around the exciting summer events they have planned. Every year I mention this is the time when um, lifelong learning is looking to promote. Um, you'll see things that are out there, but I was just really interested to see so many STEM opportunities, and um, they have a math academy. They have a Catch Me If You Can, which is a forensic science academy for sixth through ninth graders. And then for, um, for our other students, they have Tinkering with Technology, Engineering with Newton, and Financial Literacy for Teens, which I thought were great options, and I just wanted to plug that as parents are looking for things in the summer. These typically take place between July 10th and July 21st. Um, I know that's a busy time for folks, but it runs from 8.30 to 12.30. So if you keep that in mind, just an opportunity um, to keep students engaged in some interesting opportunities. So um, moving forward, you heard a little bit from our student reps on some of the, the team participation. I wrote down a few, and then we're excited to have folks that are here today. We have students in the crowd who um, did some pretty remarkable accomplishments that we'll get to in a minute. In track and field, um, this past weekend, Franklin High School track and field participated in the New Balance Nationals, and the boys and girls teams competed in multiple events and many athletes placed. Our four boys, four by 200, set a new school record, and I want to congratulate Sarah Dumas, who placed fourth overall in the pentathlon, earning All-American honors, and it was an incredible winter season there. You heard about FHS Cheer. Um, appreciate what you said. I have something very similar. They basically went um, undefeated in competition, starting with their league, their region, the state, and New England's, and they will continue on. And um, I anticipate having opportunities for um, teams that um, reach the state level. Many of the folks in this crowd, I think we can create um, opportunities to get them in front of you um, for their opportunities. But I wanted to put that out. As I try to keep up with the news feed, um, there's so many things happening. Um, our FHS swim, I want to congratulate our athletes who completed in, competed in the state championship, specifically Hope Sayaveth, who um, is the 100-meter butterfly state champion, setting a new meet record of 54-43. Hope and her teammates, Harakalal Barali, Christine Tang, and Emma Ferreria, won the 200-meter medley while setting a new school record for us at Franklin. And moving on to DECA, they competed in their Massachusetts State Career Conference, and it was at the Heinz Convention Center, and several students placed in the top 10 in the following categories. Integrated marketing, entrepreneurship, team decision making, a business growth plan, financial operations, and research and sports entertainment. So congratulations to the DECA team. Sid Chandra, who, uh, who joins us on as a student rep, 
um, did very well um, as part of that. Jay Gorgas, Ayush Srinivas, Srinivas, <coughs> Srinivas, excuse me, um, who won the Hospitality, Tourism, and Operations Research Event, and our FHS chapter president, Nahara Lajan, won the winning Innovation Plan event. So there are many um, awards and uh, students really competing at a high level with DECA, and we're really proud of them uh, as they continue on. Uh, at this point, I wanted to draw our attention, and if you could please pull up the, uh, the art images. So the, we are joined by Ms. Frank Johnson, who is our ceramics, art and ceramics instructor and teacher from Franklin High School. Thank you for being here. Um, the Scholastics Art and Writing Awards were announced, and the FHS Clay Program under the teaching of Ms. Johnson received recognition, um, which is very exciting. So the Scholastics hosts traditional art events for the first time, they've done this the first time since pre-COVID, and our students received um, either gold or silver key with the opportunity that they had to have their their art displayed at Tufts University, um, and they had an award ceremony, and their students were recognized and honored. So um, you'll see on the images of some of the the pieces, but I wanted to specifically recognize some students in the crowd, and if you could come up, um, but we have three students joining us tonight. And uh, if you don't mind, I want to embarrass you a little bit. <laughs> so Kyla Miller is a senior. She earned the Silver Key and Scholastic Art and Writing Award. Two honorable mentions, Scholastic Art and Writing Awards, and juried into the Massachusetts Art High School Recognitions Online Exhibition, which is um, a, a significant award. Um, Katie Sawyer, juried into the Massachusetts Art Education High School Recognition Online Exhibition, and president. she's also the president of Empty Bowls. And Ella Cabot is joined, with, joined us tonight. She earned a gold key for her Scholastic Art and Writing Awards. And I wanted to give an opportunity for um, Ms. Brenna Johnson to just share a little bit. Brenna, can you talk about when we say jury, can you explain to a layperson like myself, what does it mean? when you use the word jury, and can you talk a little bit about the significance? Sure, I can do that. Um, hi, I'm Berna Johnson. Thank you for inviting us to be here tonight. Um, I'm an art teacher at Franklin High School. This is um, my 11th year um, teaching art at Franklin. Um, I wanted to take a step back and say that um, the recognition that we've received for the CLAY program didn't happen overnight. This is like years in the making in terms of we have about three to five um, art opportunities to apply to um, at the middle of the school year around December. And so, you know, I've been applying to these programs, these different opportunities for our high school art students for several years, but only in the last four to five years have we really been kind of making other schools a little nervous, I would say. <laughs> There's a series of high, other high school programs where we're involved in the same circuit, and so, What's amazing is that in the last four to five years, we've been placing and making a mark. And so it's really exciting. So what you're seeing here with these three students, and there's two students that were unable to be with us here tonight for other, other commitments that they had. Um, when we apply to these shows, we're working together. These are students that live in my classroom, including Shaw, who's in Ceramics 3. <laughs> um, there's clay students everywhere. Um, and 
so these students are working in my classroom um, you know, throughout the week, throughout many years of work, and we get to a point where we find some pieces that, we, that I feel are competitive, you know, that can really kind of go the distance, and that's why you'll see some repetition in some of these images, because um, some of the same pieces you know, are at such a, a sophisticated level that I can put them out there in the world in the hopes that they'll kind of come back to us with some kind of recognition. With Scholastic, the Scholastic Art and Writing Awards, that's probably the most prestigious art awards program throughout the United States. Almost every state has a Scholastic Awards program. Um, and so it, you send your artwork in, we send some writing in as well to accompany the artwork, and then there are a series of professors, curators, other art teachers from the state that Scholastic brings together and looks at this artwork, and then they evaluate the, each of these pieces. This year, um, Scholastic had over, um, within the arts, I believe, 4,000 submissions within the state of Massachusetts. Um, and Scholastic offers gold key, silver keys, and honorable mentions. And within that breakdown, I believe there were maybe 450 gold keys, um, 500 art keys, and uh, uh, silver keys, and then maybe 1,000 honorable mentions. And within that framework, it's so exciting to share that um, Ella won a gold key for that very colorful kind of triangular piece in the bottom right corner. Um, and then Kyla won a silver key for that figure kind of holding a clock. She also won two um, additional honorable mentions for two other clay pieces that we submitted. Um, and then the teapot on top also won um, Margot Savage, who's not here with us tonight, won a silver key. Um, and then um, Julia, who's not here with us tonight, also won an honorable mention. So within Scholastic, that's really exciting and it's really competitive to get that recognition. And what's even um, a little bit more exciting is that because Ella won a gold key, she's in the running for national awards. And so we will find out tomorrow if her work will go even farther as all of these gold keys will come together. And again, those will be juried um, and final decisions will be made. And so that's really exciting there. And then with um, the Massachusetts Art Education Association High School Juried Exhibition, it's the same premise. We applied into that um, awards program in that particular um, um, program, I'd say we have to send a really well-written artist statement to articulate what these students have made, why they made, and what were the big ideas behind this work. And it's so exciting that all three students were juried into that exhibition as well. And so it's just, this is just an amazing moment for students who spend a lot of time in my classroom. I live with these students day in and day out. And just to you know, see their artwork up here is just um, phenomenal. And these are just you know, it's just it's just amazing to be able to step back and just kind of take in what's being made in just you know a very simple, very purple art classroom. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Thank you. Sure. Oh, what an accomplishment! This is so exciting. <laughs> um, I wasn't sure if anyone had any questions, comments. So uh, what a fantastic congratulations uh, to everybody involved. Thank you so much for all the work that, that went in uh, to, to getting uh, you know, the students' work uh, up there. It's fantastic. And um, you know, Superintendent here too, thank you so much for including so many of these great uh, highlights across the entire spectrum. It's fantastic to, to really kind of kickstart some of our meetings uh, with some amazing accomplishments uh, that are coming from the school system. So thank you, everybody. Congratulations. Great. 
can't speak. What resources at Franklin High School would you credit to your success? So many, so many, Mr. Charles. Um, I'm really fortunate to talk about Ms. Morell. I can't speak enough about her and Mr. Bailey, the work that they've done. Uh, really bringing the digital journalism uh, programs at Franklin uh, to a next level. So what we have is we have these really nice studios um, at the high school and we utilize them day in and day out. So the classes uh, in TV production and video production, uh, us students are getting hands-on work, working on uh, TV news segments, we're doing podcasting, we're doing uh, feature spotlight stories we just did. Um, so that's been the really cool thing I'd say, is just uh, the resources that the teachers want us to succeed and they equip us with the right equipment too. Uh, and then other than that, I think just the community overall. I mean, my work with Panther Book has been a really cool way to embrace uh, our community by making sure that other stories are heard in different stories. So this is a plug here too, but if you guys have any stories that you want out there, uh, we were just at Dean College talking about the value of the SAT and talking with some of their admissions people. Um, and we are going to be at the science night uh, that Robin was mentioning too. So I think really just being part of the community, seeing how our teachers want us to succeed. Uh, and really, if we don't have a resource, we mention it to them uh, and they are actively trying to find that for us. Um, so I know me and some of my peers really appreciate just the way that teachers want us to succeed through that. Great, thank you. And um, I look forward to seeing you on you know, a major network someday. You will be hearing your voice, so good luck. Appreciate it, thank you so much. Congratulations on the I just want to thank you for job. This is so awesome. This is so exciting. I feel like sometimes our school committee meetings could use like a, a job. I'd love to do a letter. We've got people's attention. That could be helpful. Oh. Yeah, so we might call you up. And I hear that uh, Franklin Matters is all the hiring. <laughs> for zero dollars. Congratulations. Thank you. Appreciate it. Did I see somewhere that there's um, more competition? So yes. In April? So yes. So what happens now is that this is this was a statewide contest. So I was named the Massachusetts High School Journalist of the Year. That was with the Massachusetts Scholastic Press Association. So Massachusetts put, put that on, and with that, I'm now fortunate enough to qualify and represent, as Mr. Jagir noted, uh, Massachusetts and Franklin at the national level. So that is with the Journalism Education Association. Uh, and so what I get to do now is. I get to virtually watch from afar, but they have a conference in San Francisco, April 20th, so I'm crossing my fingers. I've contacted past winners of the national award before and said, hey, what do you think about my site? What can I uh, get a little bit better for the judges' eyes? Um, so I'm really looking forward to seeing how my digital portfolio does there. Uh, but April 20th is, is when I'll know uh, if I was the Massachusetts High School Journalist of the Year or if that carried over into the National High School Journalist of the Year. Oh, we will keep our fingers crossed yeah, for you we'll and see. our thoughts. We'll so see. good Thank luck, you. and please keep us posted. Definitely. Absolutely. <laughs> Congratulations. Wink or anything? <laughs> I, would, I, would, I, would, I probably wouldn't be here right now. I just <laughs> Thank you so very much. Thank you. Appreciate it. So uh, up next, we have our Parmenter Par School will be presenting our school presentations. As you know, we've uh, begun each of the school committee meetings with um, an update and a highlight from our schools, and we're excited to welcome our principal, Shannon Barca, and her assistant principal, Amy Harvey, here today to share uh, some highlights on what's going on at Parmenter Elementary School. So I will kick it over to them to begin. And thank you for being here. Oh, Adria. Oh, Adria's here. Adria, it's okay. I, I, I was reading and I didn't look up. That's okay. I'm, I'm so sorry. <laughs> no worries. Um, and I'll let you do your introduction, but we're joined by Adria as well. I'm sorry. Sure, I'm Adria Leja. I'm the school, one of the school adjustment counselors working at Car Mentor. 
I'm Amy Harvey, and we new assistant principal. So that's going to be a tough act to follow with presentation <laughs> skills and how well spoken Ryan was, but it was great to um, finally put a face to the voice. I watched a lot of these on TV, so that was pretty cool to see. Thank you all for having us today. We're really excited to uh, be able to present highlights that are related to our school improvement plan um, for the Parmenter family today. Um, we've already introduced who's here with me, and I do want to recognize that Adri is here as one of our um, counseling staff uh, who works hard every day with the students, uh, helps with this presentation. So it's Adri Leisure, our other school adjustment counselor, Jessica Margolin, and our school psychologist, Mike Tarasenko. Um, two of them couldn't be here tonight, so Adri is representing the hard work that they do um, for SEL. So you see our mission statement here. Just wanted to put that um, first as part of the presentation just to um, remind you all that um, our mission is, is closely related to the portrait of a, portrait of a graduate um, as well as our core values that we instill in our students and staff every day. And so our presentation highlights today are really focusing on social-emotional learning, SEL. Um, and as you know, that our school improvement plan is level-based, and I recognize that you've heard from Kennedy already about the multi-tiered system of support, um, MTSS, for uh, specifically related to academics and what that looks like in the intervention setting for um, specifically reading, writing, and math. Uh, you also heard from our fabulous math specialists where they dug a little deeper uh, into the data and into the structure that they have. Again, focus on MTSS, looking at what that tiered level of instruction looks like academically. So since we're level-based, well, I thought that it was appropriate that we share highlights not only um, that is, it shows a different lens that's related to the level-based school improvement plans, but also something that's near and dear to our heart at Parmenter, which is um, the community building and tiered level of SEL support and instruction. Um, and with that is our new Parmenter promise that I'm excited to introduce today. Um, so the two strategic objectives that our presentation is aligned with um, most today um, is the strategic objective number one, social-emotional well-being of students and staff, as well as strategic objective number four, effective two-way communication to support student learning. So as I just shared, I'm very excited to share with you um, our new Parmenter Promise this year. We have our core values that we started well over 10 years ago at Parmenter, and we really work hard with our students to make sure that they embed these into everything they do. Um, our core values, um, as you can see here, represented by the different colored hands coming together, are caring, inclusion, respect, courage, leadership, and effort. And so we highlight these core values through our whole school meetings every single month that we have with all of our students and staff when we come together in our sea of blue with our Parmenter shirts and gear on. Um, and then we also have our school motto, um, as you'll see in the bottom right corner here, which is learning is what we do, family is who we are. We introduced this motto probably about five years ago, I would say, um, just to really bring everything um, to light about we don't refer to ourselves as, as parmenter students and staff. We do refer to ourselves as family. It's not rhetoric. It's something that we feel is so important um, for who we are, what our identity is. 
Um, we treat each other like family members. We laugh together. We cry together. We have fun together. Um, and we really want to make sure that the students feel like this is their second home. Our theme song is and has been for 10 years, actually, um, Home by Philip Phillips. The idea was to have a different theme song every year and then change it. Uh, actually, six years. It was so when I became the principal. Um, and it was such a big hit, and kids sing it when they walk down the hall. Um, and it's just so meaningful to us that it ended up being our, our theme song. It goes right along with who we are as a Connector family. We've noticed in the last couple of years there's been an increase in some challenging behavior um, among students um, toward each other, toward adults, and just um, not necessarily seeing our core values played out in, in the, or, or embedded and practiced in the way that we would want to see genuinely. Um, so what we did was we took a look at what our school motto was and what our core values were, and we wanted to really make sure that we dig deep into this and, and make sure that students understand the importance and the, and the value of character education, not just the academic piece but what it means to have good character, what it means when we use different types of core value terms, like caring, like inclusion, like diversity. And, and that is actually where we've seen um, more of a, more sort of challenging behaviors was specifically around diversity, equity, and respect. Um, and so we wanted to make sure that we brought that to light in, in a way that students and staff could commit to it. So it's not an extra thing, but instead it's a way to bring our core values and our school motto together. So our promise is in our school community, we believe diversity is celebrated, inclusion is valued, kindness is contagious, and respect is given to all. And we first introduced this at our, our, one of our whole school meetings. And then we broke it down even further at our grade level meetings that we have every six weeks um, that we lead, we facilitate more intimate level with the grade level versus the whole school uh, community. And you'll see we have linked here in, uh, in presentations if you have it digitally. We have the K to two and then the three to five is a little different, whole school meetings. Um, and what's interesting is both, both presentations have, we broke it down first, what is a community? What is diversity? What is inclusion? What do these terms mean? Um, and they're both videos, even the three to five uh, presentations, we have videos from Sesame Street. And I have to say, I've been doing these grade level meetings um, for many years now, and I have never seen 100% of students, K to five, so enthralled in watching these videos, even our old fourth and fifth graders um, watching Elmo, and, and but really, Sesame Street does do a great job breaking it down, uh, but also shared personal experiences as well um, with the children, specifically in grades three through five, personal experiences, um, our own experiences, our children's experiences, and really shining a light on what inclusion means and diversity, and when we break that, what does that look like? Um, and then we have our parameter reflection board, um, and you'll see a picture of that down on the bottom, and we broke it down by each phrase and had the students, when they walk by, they're used to, it, they're used to interacting with our reflection board. Um, and then jot down, what are some ways that you've reflected on and, and that you've demonstrated this promise? 
Um, we had them commit to the promise. We have a, a large poster in every classroom that all of the students signed if they were willing to commit to it. And it's something that uh, the staff refers to quite often as do the students. And a couple proud moments after these grade level meetings, um, while we weren't happy to hear some examples of um, some examples of behavior that, that violated inclusion or diversity um, or respect, what we were proud of was that these students felt safe to come forward and say, this happened to me just yesterday. This happened to me a week ago. This, and, and the students that maybe said something that could have been, that was offensive, they also came forward and said, I now have a better understanding of why I shouldn't have said what I said. And so it was really meaningful, this whole entire process that we went through. Um, so we're just really proud of, of what we've done with the Prom Metro Promise so far this year. Um, and then the student engagement, as you see, this is a picture of, of um, oh, I think you even see, I don't know if that's Grover, <laughs> one of the Sesame Street characters, um, and I wanted to show you a little bit about what some of our family members commenters have made a, a promise in this school community we believe that diversity is celebrated inclusion is valued kindness is contagious and respect is given to all we all must follow this promise if we are truly a part of our mentor family i believe the partner promise means respecting everybody and always being kind to me, the Parmenter Promise means that everyone is welcome even though you are different. The Parmenter Promise means that you need to respect all of others and respect all of the core values. The Parmenter Promise means that we have to include and respect everybody no matter who they are. To me, the Parmenter Promise means accepting people's differences and valuing everyone's perspectives and ideas. The Parmenter Promise tells that Parmenter is where anybody can be anything and more, no matter what. The Parmenter Promise means respecting all of the core values and even just following other rules. The Parmenter Promise means that we must respect everybody, no matter how different they are. To me, the Parmenter Promise means respecting your teachers, caring for everyone, and valuing everyone's differences. And so one final thing about the Parmenter Promise, one of the activities we did with grades three through five uh, was something that we called Myself, My Community and had students reflect and, and in the classrooms with their teachers in a more intimate setting reflect on different qualities, uh, physical characteristic, a, um, a character trait, um, and, a, and a family tradition that they felt proud of and that they've been complimented on. Um, but then um, opposite of that is a physical characteristic or a character trait uh, or a family tradition that they're embarrassed about or that they've been criticized for and what they need from us to feel like they're part of the community and what they can do for others to ensure that they all feel as part of the community. Um, and the our, our SSST group, uh, Student Safety Support Team, Student Safety and Support Team. Yeah, we add an extra S in there. You often hear it as SST, <laughs> but we're, we're overachievers. And so uh, we went through every single um, sheet that they that they filled out, and we separated it as, is this a 
tier three approach, a tier two or tier one, where the teachers can address it as, as a whole class, or should we pull them out and, and just give, give some more check-ins with them to make sure they're okay? Um, so very proud of our promise or promise. So our community building, as you see in the top right, um, our theme this year is our strength is in our connections. Um, this was important uh, to be our theme this year because we, we do have a strong community in Parmenter and that was interrupted over the last couple of years. We weren't able to do some of the community building things that we had in the past. And so this year was that opportunity to bring it back and bring it back stronger. Um, and so we're so thrilled to share that um, we have brought back, we have our whole school meetings together, um, our grade level meetings, we have our Start With Hello and Kindness weeks, uh, out, our community outreach, which is led by our student character ed committee, which really is led <laughs> by Adrian Leisure and Jessica Margolin. Uh, they do a fabulous job and we have a variety of different community outreach opportunities for them. Um, our Cotton Act, uh, new last year, and we switched it up a little bit this year to be the hands that represent um, our core values. Um, and so students are caught in the act, showing a core value genuinely, not looking to see if somebody's watching, but genuinely <laughs> showing one of our core values. Um, and we call home and, and share that great news with the families um, and the students. Our World Cancer Day, we were so proud to be part of this year. Not only did we support uh, the local community members um, who are suffering or, or surviving with cancer, but we, we had a, the wonderful opportunity to support one of our valuable, valuable um, parliamentary family members as well. Um, our staff, we had our annual Soup for the Soul luncheon back again today. Um, we love to celebrate different staff milestones. Um, we have our Friday breakfast once a month, which are delicious. You should check some of them out on Twitter. Uh, we did just have a fabulous St. Patrick's Day. We like to celebrate all those different, um, different holidays. And St. Patrick's Day was, was one that we had some great soda bread and brown bread. Um, and then coffee on a cart. Um, the, Amy and I will go around after um, different uh, long days, whether it's parent conferences, uh, curriculum night, and make sure the next morning that they are caffeinated and ready to go. Um, and then our families, we are so proud to say we brought back our math mornings. Uh, every single grade level has now had K-5 has hosted a uh, math morning, and it's been these, all of them, all six grade levels have been the best attended math mornings that we've had. Um, and then bringing back some grade level celebrations and field trips. We finally have our field trips back again. Um, and then we're very proud to say that we were able to support over 85 children this year um, for the holidays and make sure that they um, were, were well off for the holidays with, with food and um, other things. Oh, I feel back. Yeah. There's a quick um, video of staff sharing different ways that they love being part of the parliamentary community. Hi. My name is Wendy Carnaroli and I'm a grade two teacher. I'm Ellen Sabinoff and I'm a grade two teacher also. And I'm Laura Sanford and I'm also a grade two teacher. Our school motto is learning is what we do, family is who we are. Let me talk a little about both learning and planning. I love my team because we always plan together each week at CPT, which is common planning time. That also includes our special ed staff and our EAs. 
So we have a well cohesive plan for each week so that children can reach their highest potential. We also think of Parmenter as a family, and that doesn't just mean the staff that's here with us. We also try and reach out to our families at home. One way we've tried to include families this year is by having some events where they can come into school, such as our Reader's Theater, our Math Morning, and our Mystery Reader. This allows us a chance to build those bonds with our families at home. They love that. One thing I like to do uh, dealing with the Parmenter Promise is every Friday I go through the school in the morning and I wish everyone a happy Friday and I do it with the kids and it's just a way for me to include everyone and know that they're welcome here. Parmenter is really a great family to be part of. Yes, we've been here a long time and we love it. <laughs> yes, 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 we <laughs> My favorite part about being part of the Parmenter community is the connection that I make with the students, the staff, and the administrators. We work hard and we have so much fun. I love watching kids grow and thrive in a community where differences are embraced and where they all have a voice. Being able to work with amazing young people is what motivates me every day and I love being part of their journey. The community building efforts we have undertaken this school year have helped to unite us and bring the elements of the Parmenter Promise to the forefront of our minds. As we guide students in life skills of collaboration, communication, and problem solving, we recognize that we need to demonstrate this in our interactions as adult role models. When I say the Parmenter Promise, it means that I can help to grow an inclusive school community by modeling expected behavior, attitude, and reactions by being tolerant of others and compassionate to their individual needs. It means that I see our differences as unique strengths that we bring to the group as a whole. Most importantly, it means that we don't just invite others into our space. Instead, we grow our space and make it better through the inclusion and acceptance of all. Hello, we are the grade three teachers of Carmenter. Our school has been working very hard this year with creating stronger connections within our school community. We realize that our strength is really in our connections. We all realize how much this has changed during the COVID years, and it was time to go back and strengthen the community events that we had done in the past. Our grade level team has been working on these connections throughout this year. A few of these examples would include inviting families into each classroom, to be guest readers to the class and having great conversations about literature. Another example is each classroom has been working with peer-to-peer -peer buddies with kindergarten classes. Um, another favorite was we were able to restart a community event on math morning, and this allowed students to connect in a different way with curriculum, with their family members. They had an opportunity to complete math games and centers, and we were really proud to have 90% of our families participate in that math morning. In addition, um, we are working with the Franklin High School of Science National Honor Society students to present lessons to our third graders in magnets and forces. And finally, uh, we were able to have our first field trips since these kiddos were in kindergarten um, to enhance their learning uh, about the pilgrims and the Longinots. Uh, in addition, we our students participate in Hearts of Kindness for the Franklin Town Common. We make cards and provide candy for the troops. We created holiday cards and holiday messages for our Franklin senior citizens. And we planned an event to support the Jimmy Fund in support of members of our community. 
These are just some of the examples of how our team has been creating better connections within our school community and beyond, and we look forward to continuing this throughout this year and into the years to come. Hi, my name is Mike Tarasenko. I'm a school psychologist here at Parmenter. Uh, I just want to say that I love being a part of the Parmenter community um, because that's exactly what you are. You are you're, you're part of something so much bigger. Um, we do so many things here just to support that. Um, what is supporting the feeling? You have these things that we do, uh, but you have this feeling of community, which is which is fantastic, which I just love. What we do, we do school-wide events, which is Kindness Week, Spirit Week. Uh, we have staff breakfast once a month, grade-level meetings. My personal favorite, whole school assemblies. Um, I get the opportunity to go up there, talk about a core value of the month, uh, social emotional competency of the month, uh, and just have a great time doing it. And be really creative and get the kids really active in the crowd and have a great time. Um, and I want to bring it back to the, the feeling. We have these events that we do, these activities, but it's the feeling you get, you, you feel, you feel like part of something. So we work together, uh, we celebrate together, we support each other, uh, we laugh together, we help each other, uh, and you know, we, at times, like any other school I imagine, when things get tough, uh, we cry together. And, and that's, that's what happens in family. You do all these things, you share these things together, uh, and you just grow. And that's, that's what it is, you grow together. Uh, we talk about trees and how we're linked and how the roots connect us and we're connected. Um, and I think that's the big thing. We grow together and make the community stronger. Um, we have a motto, learning is what we do, family is who we are. And like I said, I could not imagine working somewhere else. We do have one more video. <laughs> um, highlighting the various community building experiences that we've engaged in so far this year. Thank you. I apologize that this took a long time. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll rush through the rest of it. I apologize. So we wanted to show you the tiered levels of uh, SEL support, just like with MTSS and academic support, we also, as Shannon said, have our tiers of support for social emotional learning. And just to highlight a few at our tier one level, we do have the universal screening tool called DESA, which we get some um, of our data from. Tier two students, we may be seeing students meet with groups for lunch bunch groups, as well as um, using the closed gap, which is our digital platform for um, identifying emotions and then connecting with a staff member on how to um, deal with that emotion. And then finally at the tier three level, we may have our social our um, counselors work with groups on social emotional counseling. This slide is uh, from the DESA rating scale in the fall and it's our um, parameters profile. Um, and the data tells us which students demonstrate strengths in the, in the competencies and which students in the red need are in need of some sort of um, instruction. The report is just one data point that we look at. We triangulate that with others to determine the appropriate levels of SEL supports for students. So in conjunction with the development of our tiered SEL supports, we developed and identified our tier entrance criteria which include um, presenting concerns and other and data that, that data is gathered from a teacher 
SEL support referral form that our SSST team um, would receive and, and go through the DESA ratings, as Ms. Harvey mentioned, as well as different percentages and cutoff points for our attendance and our attendance rates and records. So, really quickly, let's, I think we can jump ahead to second step. So, this year, Parmenter has initiated a school-wide rollout of a research-based digital tier one SEL curriculum called Second Step Elementary. Um, the lessons are facilitated by classroom teachers on a weekly basis with our, the school adjustment counselors, myself, Jessica Margolin, and our school psychologist, Mike Tarasenko, available to provide any additional support with the rollout of the weekly lessons. So this curriculum, as I said, is research-based and it follows a specific scope and sequence across all of our grade levels, K to five. So that really enables our students to develop the skills from the foundation upward with increasing complexity throughout their elementary school career. As you can see on the slide, there are four main units that have five lessons each. So we have growth mindset and goal setting, emotion management, empathy and kindness, and problem solving. At Parmenter, we're about half, we are more than halfway through the curriculum, so we were able to recently conduct a mid-year summary, and you'll see here um, some stats and, and, and information about our engagement, our um, generalization of skills in unit one and unit two. Overall, we've seen very positive engagement, robust generalization of skills that are being explicitly taught during the lessons. Um, the graphs on this are based on teacher feedback. So at the end of every unit, as part of our rollout plan, we ask for teacher feedback um, specific to the units as well as the overall process of rolling out this curriculum. So we wanted to share some buzz about Second Step. As I mentioned, overall it's been an extremely positive addition to our school community and has been really helpful to have a consistent language um, across the grade levels when we're talking about social-emotional skill development. So um, you'll see each bubble is a, is a different quote from staff about what they have enjoyed so far. So, so um, some talk about their related, relatable videos, the warm-ups, the like hearing the kids use the language and the skills outside of the lesson times, um, and the ease of access and preparation. The digital platform has been amazing um, to use and has made it really, really accessible and um, easy. <laughs> So it's been wonderful, um, and we'll continue through the last two units as we um, finish up the school year. So we also just wanted to shift a little bit and share some other important data. So 17%, that means over 50 students in our school are currently receiving Tier 3 supports. So the Tier 3 supports are the supports that are provided by the school counseling and school psychologist staff. Um, we have 33% or over 90 students who currently qualify for free and reduced lunch. Um, our 42% or over 46 safety care incident reports across 115 school days. So what that means is that they're in Parmenter this year, there have been over 75 hours of crisis intervention support provided to students. Um, as it says in that stat, we use the safety care um, crisis intervention 
uh, the program in those incidents. And then our, lastly, our 6% or over 16 students in our school are currently on, a, on behavior support plans. So I think this data really points to the need that we saw to develop our multi-tiered system of support for specifically for SEL in conjunction with that work that we're doing in the academic area as well. And lastly, this is just that the final two, the top and the middle of our pyramid that Ms. Harvey shared. These are the different supports and resources that we have um, for students in tier two and tier three. So I think it's important to note um, that, as I said before, our counseling department is providing those tier three resources for over 50 students, or like about 17% of our current student population. Which typically in the pyramid you see is at 5%. Five. So thank you for listening <laughs> and having us here today. Thank you. Um, I'll go down the line. Neil? Um, it's so wonderful to see your excitement. <laughs> um, and it's clear that it's such a loving, warm place to be every single day. Um, um, with the other person, I'm just going to keep asking my same question that I've asked other principals. Um, what are, we appreciate seeing all the wonderful things happening. We also want to hear the challenges and what we can support you in. Um, um, I appreciate you bringing up the challenging behaviors. Other principals have brought up the difficulty with funding and hiring positions. Um, and so I'd just love to hear what are your special concerns and challenges at Permenter that we need to know about and that the citizens need to know about. Yeah, um, so yes, the hiring has certainly been a challenge. It has, has been a challenge this year, um, starting in the summer um, through, through now, but we are happy to say that we just hired um, another special ed staff, so we are staff member liaison, so we are now um, fully staffed in that area, so we're very happy about that. Um, it's a tight budget season, I recognize that, so I certainly won't go through a wish list, you already have what our original requests are, um, but I guess the, the, the biggest thing is while we continuously move towards guaranteed curriculum and guaranteed experiences across the level, um, which is very important and we should continue to do so. I think the biggest ask I have is just um, recognizing and, and understanding that while we definitely need to have guaranteed curriculum and share and guaranteed experiences, that we, we are unique. Um, each school has its own um, unique, whether it's demographics, um, theme, um, challenges, strengths, and so when we look at um, when, we're, when we are hiring, when we are um, in, a, in a budget season, just really recognizing that um, it's important to have the equitable distribution of resources. Um, and so for a par mentor, you, you see what our, what our need is. Um, and so our staffing may look a little different from other schools as it should, and the areas that they have challenges and that they need more resources and support, they'll get that. So we'll look a little different. Um, but I guess just that continuous understanding that yes, we're moving towards guaranteed experiences and curriculum, um, but we, you know, Parmed was identified as a trauma-informed school prior to the pandemic, and we certainly see um, that we see behaviors and, and the trauma, we see that continuing, if not increase. Um, so just keeping that in mind as we go through all these. <laughs> 
Thank you. But, thank you. Uh, thank you very much. Um, uh, first, I wanted to actually just uh, love the community building aspect. Uh, and I love the focus at, you know, for looking at the students, looking at the families, and the staff as well. Uh, you know, one question that um, you know, uh, kind of comes up is how do you attract and retain high quality uh, teachers and staff if, if the money isn't always there? And it's, it's stuff like this, uh, the, the coffee carts, uh, the Friday the soup for the soul, uh, just kind of building fantastic families at uh, the school levels. Uh, you know, really, the videos you know, really kind of shown through how much the staff loves to work there, and it's, it's, it's that stuff. When the money's not always there, uh, it's fostering fantastic uh, community relations within the school. So it was great to see. Thank you very much. Um, and then I, I did have a question in terms of with the important data, the uh, crisis intervention. So it kind of, um, I think up there it said it was like 75 hours of crisis intervention. What could you kind of elaborate on that? What exactly does that entail? So if we have a student whose behavior um, rises to the level that additional support is needed, uh, across the district we are safety care trained. There, there are teachers, there are staff members in all of the schools, pre-K to 12, that are safety care trained. Uh, and if there are behaviors where there's a student is highly dysregulated, um, we may need to evacuate a classroom, we may need additional support to come in to assist in helping to regulate that student. We may need to um, change the environment and location of that student to a calm area or one of the counselor's rooms. Um, and so it's really using all of these strategies that we've learned in safety care to help de-escalate and get the child ready to get back into the learning environment. And so when, you know, when, when it's 75 hours, um, you know, if, if there's an incident uh, you know, there's this time spent with, with, the, with the child. Uh, there's multiple staff members that are kind of involved, and it's also like potentially an entire classroom that might be disrupted. Is that correct? Correct. Okay. So that the 75 hours, I mean, that's just utilizes multiple resources. Yeah. And, and I noticed too the from the from the document that we kind of had in our presentation versus kind of what was uh, presented online. Uh, at least what I kind of pulled out, it was initially over like 114 school days, and I think this was... Uh, we had two incident reports <laughs> since we... <laughs> two incidents that occurred um, since we submitted this, and so we just updated our presentation. Yeah, so just from the time that, you know, this was presented until, you know, just very recently, I mean, like an extra five, it was an extra five hours, too, of crisis intervention. Is, is that correct? Yes. Yeah. Um, you, you know, thank you so much for, for all that you do. Um, you know, hopefully we might be able to, you know, we're going to talk more about the budget later. Um, but I know, uh, you know, if there's anything that we can do, uh, you know, certainly, you know, I know we'll fight for it because the, the, the less disruption that we can have, the more staff that we can kind of provide, um, it, it just, it reduces, you know, it's, it's a big ripple effect. As soon as one thing happens, like I said, there's two things, five hours uh, over the course of just, you know, one day. Um, and, uh, and it causes just such a, a massive uh, disruption across all uh, the entire community. Um, so hopefully we can work with you and do something like that. But thank you very much for all the work. Thank you. I appreciate it. I do want to recognize we're here highlighting Parmenter, and so you know I don't want to take away from resources that are used in other schools too. That you know we might see similar behaviors, but it we. Yes, we have a lot going on at Parmenter. A lot of wonderful things going on at Parmenter. <laughs> Unfortunately, you know, this isn't a, a um, 
isolated things is kind of a common thread. We talked about it just with Horace uh, Mann when they presented about uh, some of the situations they were having exactly. in the for, yeah. for bathroom incident. It's, it's across the board, it is. Uh, which is unfortunate. Okay. Yeah, thank you. Um, so thank you for the presentation. Uh, definitely gave us a glimpse of the parmenter experience, the family, and, and just really how things are going. Um, the one thing that jumped out at me, or two couple things, I mean, I think my peers have talked about the um, safety care incidents. I think that's that's something to you know, look into and see how we can improve that. But I think the other thing that jumped out at me was around the growth mindset and goal setting. I feel like while you have these incidents, I think if, we, if you're if I'm interpreting correctly, you're, you're trying to get the students to think more from a how things can go get better, how things okay. can improve, and really, it's not necessarily that fixed mindset. I think that will at least help with these problems going forward. If you're helping and educating the child that while you may have this problem today, this does not define who you are or where you will go. You can change and grow and improve and learn. Um, so I would love to see that you have that in this this program. Um, I guess, what have you seen from the students this, since you've been doing the, the growth mindset goal setting? Like, how have you seen a shift, or like, like what have you observed? Yeah, so we have some data um, specifically related to the second step that shows increase in that. Um, and um, while while Adrian is playing that up, I can say you know we we see an increase with students being able to identify. So self self um, management is we're still working on the self management piece, but self awareness we definitely have seen an increase that they're able to identify their emotion, a strategy that they did not use that they could use and how that would help them. So we debrief with the students after that happens as well. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, and absolutely. And as part of the, the tier one curriculum in that unit that focused on goal setting and growth mindset, at the end of the unit, the classrooms and all of the students participate in a performance task where they're assessed based on a rubric through the curriculum. Um, and we've seen in the majority of the classrooms and across the grade levels um, that the majority of students are meeting mastery of that, are meeting that, those unit goal criteria for goal setting and growth mindset. Um, and in terms of like what the teachers have reported of generalization of that skill, um, we gave the, the, our end of unit teacher feedback survey, survey they had noticed 69.2% of the students, uh, the teachers noticed the students occasionally seeing students demonstrate those skills, right? So that's a, that's a very promising statistic. Um, and then when we moved on to unit two, that generalization grew, um, which was great to see too. And I think another thing that we will have very soon in a couple weeks is our spring DESA ratings um, will occur and we'll be able to look and see if there's a difference fall. Now the students have been learning some of these skills are we seeing, you know, significant changes in their in their scores across the social emotional competencies using the DESA? Thank you. Yeah, I think it's just really yeah. just planting the seeds for mm -hmm. future growth and improvement. Right. Uh, so great. Um, and I guess the next part goes back to the the safety care incidents. Um, I guess I know we talked to you, Bernstein asked around the resources. Um, is there anything like that you would want the community to know um, that they how they can help and how they can um, really just, you know, be your advocates and, and help their students be successful when coming, in, coming into the school day. So we work with individual 
families of, of students who um, may struggle with some self-regulation um, and we partner with them based on the individual needs and also family needs. Um, we're fortunate enough to have a, a, a partnership with Auburn Counseling um, to provide outside counseling within the school setting um, as well as we have um, a, a good partnership with DCF and work with them to help provide resources to families um, who may need additional resources beyond what we're able to provide. Thank you all very much for this presentation. It's evident that you have a lot of great care for your students, families, and teachers, and with the promise and the SEL supports you provide, and just the true sense of community and family like it was repeated over and over again. So it seems like you managed to create a really special place and culture. I appreciate you sharing with us tonight. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I, get, I guess I just want to clarify, maybe this is more of like a district question, so I just first want to say thank you for Parmenter and all the warm fuzzies. I love the community building. Um, I do have a follow-up, but just because I, I, I wonder if there's some sort of confusion, um, or I don't want people to like misperceive that, like there's only behavior at Parmenter, because I think that since this presentation was focused on SEL, and SEL skill building is part of behavior management and behavior support, and that's part of best practice in, in behavior support, is teaching skills, teaching replacement skills, um, and you're doing that through you know, the tiered systems, and you're doing that through assessments, and um, in, in really planful ways, your systems seem really tight around that. So I feel like because you were focusing on SEL and behavior in this presentation, it sort of sounds to us like there's a lot of behavior at Parmenter, but we didn't talk about it with the elementaries. But I feel like it's just because those those schools weren't focusing on social, emotional, and behavior. So I just wonder, I just I feel like if we could have a little context around that, like like safety care is best practice. This happens at all elementary schools, and this isn't like just a, you know, obviously Parmenter might have some 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 percentages that are a little different with kids with needs as far as self-management goes or self-regulation, but um, I do you know what I mean? I feel like just a so, little bit of context around that. Just with respect to time, I can just say, I mean, each school is has events that occur. I think what we heard from Mrs. Parker and her team is the, the number of events that they're managing at their school. She was providing context and data to what that was. I think it was really focused on what her school's experiencing. She's coming from a place of what they're dealing with every day and sharing that data. But I do think that she brought up the needs at her school um, when asked the question you know, to advocate for. Um, there are needs and there are challenges with behavior. It's not, and I don't think when she says that, it means that it's not um, other schools don't experience their own behavioral challenges, but she's certainly here to advocate for her school and explain some of the challenges that they face um, on a daily basis with their students. So, and I think that those are high percentages. So, yeah. um, and then I just want to say thank you for sharing so many amazing community building examples, authentic connections, and feelings of belonging are critical to have in place to support deep learning. And you're doing such great stuff at Parmenter. And that's, again, you know, when we're talking about behavior, there's all the proactive stuff, which is so important and so powerful. You've got the Parmenter promise. Um, I love how you took the time to really teach each component of that to make sure that everybody's starting on the same foundational level. So when we say diversity, you know what we mean, because we just taught you what, you know. So everybody's starting at the same level. You're not assuming that all kids know what certain words mean. So I feel like that was a great foundation to get everybody started to sort of build from there um, in, your, in your family. Um, and yes, I just wanted to reiterate that all the things that you're doing are best practices to support behaviors and uh, it seems like you guys are doing a great job and thanks for sharing. Thank you.
Um, yeah, thank you for that wonderful presentation. And yeah, thanks for sort of like pointing that out about the, the, the data there. So, uh, yeah, thanks. Thank you guys so very much for coming. Um, before we transition to that piece, um, you saw some data. I just wanted to call out um, as a compliment. Uh, this is Barker and her team. They do a tremendous amount of work. You heard about the criteria, but they really, um, similar to how the math specialist presented on math criteria, I think Carmen does an excellent job of gathering information, analyzing it, creating criteria, and really identifying where kids belong and then providing supports. I think that's a strength of that school and that's a tribute to you and your leadership. So thank, thank you. you. Thank you. All right. Are these from you, Carpenter? Yes, they are. You reopen me? Later. Uh, We've taken <laughs> enough of your time, I think. <laughs> but yes, I think you'll like it. Thank you very much. Thank you.
Uh, community relations, our next meeting is March 29th. The only agenda is our upcoming legislative forum scheduled for April 10th at 6.30 p.m. Um, I'd also like to remind everyone of the safe open house being held this Thursday, March 23rd from 3 to 8 p.m. Everyone is welcome and I hope you'll all stop by. Uh, space needs and facilities, yeah. Uh, so Mr. Jaguar, so, so I can't speak, it's, it's late. <laughs> Stole some of my thunder earlier, um, but just to add, uh, we did meet yesterday, feels like it was a year ago, um, where we were deliberating on the proposals to the recommendation for the school committee. Um, as you all know, it's not an easy decision, um, and we ended with no decision, um, but the option to, we will be reconvening on the um, 27th, which is um, next Monday at 5.45, <laughs> um, and at that point we will come with a final recommendation uh, and then begin action planning of what's needed to uh, create that presentation for all of you to um, have your, um, be informed of the, the recommendation and why and all the details that support it, and then um, go from there. Okay, PCC? Uh, Joint PCC has met on the 13th, um, talked about items such as the PC event and fundraising guide, um, just a draft around the document and, and uh, really uh, checklist and um, really best practices. Um, as always, the PCC tossed through the various events that they were doing, so things varied from book fairs to um, partnering with local businesses for fundraisers such as like uh, Paisones, um, Santa Fe, um, other places like that, um, included some of the activities that they're doing to support teachers, such as like Teacher Appreciation Week, um, any uh, specific like school stores to sell um, school merchandise to the students. Um, one highlight, um, Oak Street had actually, in all schools, are doing partnership with the food pantry, but Oak Street had done theirs and they raised um, 1,500 pounds of Donations, so I mean, that that's a lot of a lot of food. Um, so so kudos to them. Um, but like I said, all schools are doing um, some partnership with the food pantry, and hopefully we get a, a total number of like what is the amount of uh, food and weight that all all Franklin public schools have done. Um, just a great way for students to just give back and help those that are in need, and um, just really help build the community and think beyond themselves. Um, also. There was a, a CPAC that was there as well that uh, provided updates on upcoming events also. So, um, next meeting is on the 10th of April. Uh, school wellness Our next meeting is April 4th. Okay, and CPAC. Um, so, thank you all for including that because I always ask is CPAC there. Um, so great to have their voice at that table. So, they've got a whole bunch of events planned. One is next Wednesday. Uh, at 7 p.m. and it's a workshop on collaborative problem solving by Think Kids. It promises to be a really great informative event um, for parents and school staff and anybody working with kids. Um, in April they have two workshops. One is focused on dyslexia on April 12th. One is focused on executive function strategies on April 26th. Um, in May, and of course I'll keep reminding you of these as they come up, um, in May they have a workshop about the anti-bullying law on May 11th. And they continue to hold board meetings the first Wednesday of each month at 7 p.m. And check out their website for more info. 
Mental Health and Wellbeing Task Force. Yes. Our next meeting is April 11th, and we are currently, we have set the date for our next critical conversations, which will be April 26th um, from 7 to 9 at Franklin High School. Okay. Um, and DEI. DEI will be meeting in 17 hours. <laughs> um, so oh stay God. tuned. Good All right. Good math there. Thank you, I did it. Okay, uh, consent agenda, Mr. Jagir. I recommend approval of the minutes from the February 28, 2023 school committee meeting as detailed. I recommend acceptance of a check for $1,158.60 from the JFK PCC for supplemental supplies as detailed. Okay, is there a motion to approve the consent agenda as detailed? So moved. Is there a second? Second. Discussion, questions? Just one yeah. comment, uh, just to just for the, the PCC donation, uh, so we can see for planners and folders for grades three to five and all students, and it's it's one of those things like we're fluent, we're fortunate enough to have a community that has PCCs that will have donations that are given to support the schools for things that are needs, but I think it's we need to do bigger and and have it come from the top um, and support our budget. So just just. That's all. Um, right. So vote will come in the motion. All those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? Carries. Citizens' comments. Are there any citizens in the audience, in person or online, who would like to make a comment on an item not on tonight's agenda and falls within the committee's purview? I see we have someone in the audience. <clears throat> I have to read my little blurb. <laughs> In the spirit of open communication, the committee will hold a public participation segment, also called citizens' comments, about matters not related to an agenda item within the school committee's purview. Comments are limited to three minutes and must be addressed to the committee. Citizens' comments segments are not debates or Q&A sessions. It is intended to offer citizens an opportunity to express their opinions on issues of school committee business within the school committee purview. The committee will listen to, but not respond to any comment made. If you could state your name, address, and please keep within the three minutes. Yes, thank you. Steve Sherlock, Ken Lars Drive. Quick heads up alert, uh, April is Poetry Month, and there are two poetry events, April 8th, April 29th, both at the Public Library, both on Saturdays, both from 12 to 3. The first one will be two workshops, facilitated by one Camille and then Jamil Adams, We'll be facilitating two separate workshops on the first Saturday, April 8th. 29th, everybody can participate because you must have had a favorite poem at some point in time in your experience, and you'll have an opportunity to read it on that Saturday, the 29th, from 12 to 3. If you choose, it'll also be recorded. You'll have to give permission for that. But then we'll share it so that everybody else will be able to hear what your favorite poem was, and then they'll be coming up to you and talking about, hey, I like that poem. So it's a fun way to do some poetry with a little bit of workshop, and then read your favorite poem on the 29th. Thank you. Thank you. Is there anyone else? Okay. Yeah. Moving along, new business, Mr. Chair. New business, uh, next meeting we'll hold our open hearings with uh, relation to the budget that we presented tonight. That's okay. the, major, the major draw. Yes. All right, next we will be entering into executive session and will be returning to open meeting. 
pursuant to Mass General Law, Chapter 30A, Section 2183, to discuss strategy with respect to collective bargaining with the van drivers, cafeteria, ESP, LPN, and secretaries units as an open meeting may have a detrimental effect on the bargaining position of the school committee and the chair so declares. Is there a motion to enter into executive discussion and return to open meeting as discussed? So moved. Is there a second? Second. Vote will come on the motion. Roll call vote, Camille. Yes. Dave Callahan? Yes. Al Charles? Yes. David McNeil? Yes. Elise Stokes? Yes. Please come to yes. All right. We will return. We are now producing this in collaboration with Franklin TV and Franklin Public Radio. This podcast is my public service effort for Franklin, but we can't do it alone. We can always use your help. How can you help? If you can use the information that you find here, please tell your friends and neighbors. If you don't like something here please let me know. Through this feedback loop, we can continue to make improvements. And I thank you for listening. For additional information, please visit franklinmatters.org. If you have questions or comments, you can reach me directly at suresteve at gmail.com. The music for the intro and exit was provided by Michael Clark and the group East of Shirley. The piece is titled Ernesto Manana, copyright Michael Clark and Tintype Tunes in 2008, and used with their permission. I hope you enjoy. By the way, you can also subscribe and listen to Franklin Matters Radio on your favorite podcast app. Search in podcasts for Franklin Matters.